and welcome to Dopey, the podcast about drugs, addiction, and other dumb shit. And I'm Dave. My name's Chris. How you feel, Chris? I'm good. I'm ready to rip. Ready to run, ready to rip. You ready to go. You're ripping and you're running? Ripping and running. No, I'm not ripping and running. No more ripping and running. So how's sobriety treating you? Sobriety is good. Um, not going to enough meetings. Probably How many meetings would you say month. you go to a week? Two. Every week you just go to two? I My home group is Tuesday night. I go Friday night sometimes, not even always Friday night. Um, if one sponsee, I meet with my sponsee and Reed. He's actually like getting through the steps. The first person I've ever taken through who's gotten somewhere. What's he up to? He's working on his fourth, but he's actually like, he's up to fears. And so he got through the thick of it. Um, so he's making progress. Everybody else I sponsored, I either met with once or made it to the fourth step and stopped. I'm still on my sixth step. Drop the rock, dude. I'm almost done with it. When I'm done with my sick, when I'm done with Drop the Rock, I said I, he said I could discuss uh, the book with him, and then we can go over a little bit. It's weird. So I mean, I've been through the steps a couple times, and um, this time in sobriety, I've been through it twice, and um, both times it was from different. Like places, once it was in like a treatment center where you work, th- you work through your seventh step, and then you leave. You make your eighth step, make your list, and then you leave. And then I went through with my sponsor, and it's a same different sponsor, sa- same sponsor, but uh, that I've had from years ago that I got back together with and started doing the steps again. And so my point though is two different geographies. You know what I mean? They're like you know they both work out of the big book, and both styles have you do five, six, and seven all in one day. So it's strange that you did a fifth, and then, like, I don't get why. They do it a little differently. I told my sponsor that you said he sucked. and that I didn't uh, say that. Did. Yeah, you did. I never said and that. And you said, why I would your sponsor... I definitely would never, ever Why would say your that? sponsor not work with you out of the big book? I, and I said, I said, sponsor. I'm not going to say his name. Yeah. We'd have to erase the show. Not that he listens, because he thinks our show is as good as Wayne's World. But yeah. Wayne's World's really good. Wayne's World's fucking great, <laughs> So, dude. like, what's, what's so bad about Wayne's World? Yeah, but um, he said, uh, he said, well, I'm not going to ever say party on Wayne. Yeah. It's never going to happen. Will you say party on Garth? If you called me Wayne, maybe I'd say party on Garth, but I would never say party on Wayne. You. Oh, so you're Wayne? Listen. I'm probably Garth. If I'll this was you, Wayne's world, I'll give you that. You'd be motherfucking Garth, <laughs> let me tell you that. <laughs> but that's not nice. No, I can be Garth. I'm just not like Garth. You're much more like Garth than just I am. Just drop the rock. Anyway. I told him that you thought he sucked as a I never said – I just wouldn't say that to anyone. I always said def- defer to what you're saying. Then you also said that he sucked as a person. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and he said, wow, Chris seems really uh, acrimonious. Is that a word? Is that the word for this? Acrimonious? What does acrimonious mean? I don't know. Sharp. Anyway, no, I did not tell him. I, I just asked why we didn't do it the way they do it in the book. And he said because uh, – we only had a certain amount of time, and we did a long fifth step, and uh, his wife was coming home. So we had to spread it out, and then I read uh, – then he told me to read Drop the Rock. But I'm curious, uh, do you enjoy uh, sponsoring people? What are you looking at Acrimonious on is uh, angry and bitter, kind of like sharp. So I was right. Yeah. When, when my sponsor called you acrimonious, he was on the money. Now, how do you – Synonyms are rancorous, acerbic. Harsh, sharp, sharp is a synonym. Yeah, that's great. Cutting, scathing, bitter, angry. Have you ever heard of a group of skinheads who call themselves sharps? Virulent, venomous. Virulent, venomous. Virulent. Listen, if you want, do you want to just <laughs> waspish? Do you want to single-handedly destroy the show? No, you're sitting. I'm asking a really no, nice question. No, 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 question, no. I'm good. I fucking told you. I'm ready to fucking. I'm ready to go. To acrimonious. I'm ready to go. Dude. I'm about to hit allergies. Was that uh, it's all over? Do we jump the shark? No. Um, anyway, how do you like sponsoring people? Um, it's good. Um, it's great to sponsor somebody um, for several reasons. I mean, for one, it's being of service. But also, it's like you kind of meet with somebody, and if you just like let your ego slip away, I find that you know, I might say something that will come out of my mouth that's wiser than anything that I could ever say. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like that's you. You feel like you say stuff that you didn't think you were going to be able to say. Yeah, and it's mostly just like parroting back um, 
what's been said program to you. knowledge that's been said to me in different words. I always find it hysterical when uh, I can when I offer advice to somebody and it comes out like recovery gobbledygook and I mean it. And you mean it exactly. It's the worst. Well, that's the whole thing is I fucking hated the slogans. You know what I mean? But then, like, you might have heard it for years, and then there's, like, one time where it just has this, like, visceral feeling where you internalize it, and, like, the slogan just takes on a different meaning in that moment. And then I'm like, damn it, fucking slogan. Yeah, but it's also, like, there are certain things in recovery that are just totally undeniable. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, and if you do not do those things, chances are you can't stay sober. You know, and one thing, uh, and this isn't necessarily funny, but it's true is honesty. You know, if you can't be honest, chances are you can't stay sober. Well, there's three things that are indispensable. Honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness. And you might ask yourself, what is the acronym there? You might ask yourself, how do you get sober? How did I get here? Yes. Honesty, open-mindedness, This is not my beautiful wife. It's indispensable. This is not my beautiful wife. (laughs) What is that? What song is that? Uh... Letting the days go by and the water go hold me. Is it talking heads? Yeah, yeah. After the money's gone. Uh, once in a lifetime. Are you impressed I knew that was talking heads? You know, I'm not. I don't know much. I, that I know. When you were talking to that other guy, it was just like, Which I guy? don't even know what you're talking about. Who, who Danny? Danny Boy. What were we talking about? I don't know. <laughs> That's the point. <laughs> the outliers. Anyway. Yeah, honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness. What do we got on the agenda for tonight? Like, what are you thinking? Well, uh, I was thinking, you're here, so we should record another episode. Yeah, it's our third one. Don't tell them that! Nah, whatever, man, it's cool. Alright. We gotta get a, we gotta get, oh, we'll talk about this. We gotta get a few queued up, because Dave's going, uh, I'm gonna go on vacation! And then I'm going... So not, you're gonna, you're not gonna go on vacation that, that quickly after, you're, we're gonna have August a week. August 5th. We're gonna have an, a week... Yeah, well... Because I'm going to come back the 19th. But I'm just saying we should bang out a bunch of them. We're going to have to bang out a bunch next week, too. But um, I have my list. This is my list of stories. Oh, nice. You took your time out. You typed it out. Good job. Thank you. Yeah. It's scribbled on an open envelope. That's a bill. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So his list is Jerry Garcia, Secret Santa, Blue Cheese, and Rehab. (laughs) Do you know what rehab means? Because I can probably mean a lot in your life. I don't. In I, your world. I, I don't. Do I get to pick one of these? Uh, because of these, I I know what the blue cheese is. Yeah. Blue cheese, I feel like, has to come organically because whenever I tell you dance, say blue cheese, you don't want to do it. Well, the thing about the blue cheese story is that I have this feeling that if we have another person here, they'll laugh at it. Because I just heard it so many times. Yeah. And I've seen it reenacted yeah. by paid actors. And it won't be as funny if nobody left. Dave's Blue Cheese, tell him about it? Yeah, you did. Oh, I did. Yeah. All right. Um, so let's do Secret Santa. Okay. Uh, the Secret Santa story is about a, a minute, if even. Okay. Then uh, we'll do Jerry Garcia. Wow. The Jerry Garcia story happened to Jerry Garcia. It didn't happen to me. Do you want to hear oh. the Jerry Garcia story? It's no, I want to hear the Secret Santa. No, let's tell the Jerry Garcia story. So, <laughs> if you don't know this... I'm just... Why am I even here? Because uh, you're great. All right. And I want the audience to know that I love Chris. Even I, though you're waspish with me. I do that for the show. I love you. I love you, and I appreciate you, and I think you do a heck of a good job on mm. the show. Well, thank you. Because obviously you don't do a good job on anything else. There you go, being waspish again. Um, no, um, and like, is your, is your is your sponsee is your sponsee a drug addict or just an alcoholic? I don't know. I don't want to get into him anymore. I feel funny Who's talking calling? about him. Um, what, what do you mean? It? That's my sober link alarm. What does that mean? You know what that means? Oh, that's when you device. have to breathalyze. Yeah. So, if you didn't know this about Jerry Garcia, Jerry Garcia was a drug addict, and uh, Jerry Garcia. Uh, you know, was a crazy stoner, and he took a lot of acid in the you know his whole life probably. Yeah. Uh, and then he got they got into cocaine. You know, I think in Europe in 1972, and probably a few years later, some rich guy started to give them uh, what's something they called the Persian, and the Persian was like some really processed opium. 
that they would smoke out of an aluminum foil pipe. And it was basically tar. Yeah. yeah. It was really clean tar, really good tar. Yeah. But they didn't know that they were on heroin. They would just they call They were like, oh, we're smoking opium. Or we'd be on the Persian. They, okay. That would be their pet name for, for uh, heroin. Okay. And uh, they started traveling. And uh, they had this whole system. And again, this is not factual. This is books that I've read. I've read probably... Well, books are usually pretty factual. Yeah, but I read them on drugs years ago. So you're recounting your recollection from when you were high. Yeah. And um, so uh, they would travel the country, and uh, they wouldn't travel with drugs. They were too nervous to travel with drugs. So wherever, they would send packages ahead yeah. to whatever city they were going to. So, And it usually worked out. They would send a bunch of stuff with the gear, whatever. And I'm going to tell a couple of rock and roll stories, by the way. Because okay. I have a ton of them. All right. Um, Make sure they're good. Okay. This one I love. Okay. Uh, and I think you'll like it too. It's funny. Yeah. Um, so they send, they send, they're going to Philadelphia and they send all of this, uh, you know, Persian heroin ahead and they get to the airport and it's not there. Because I'm sure that can happen pretty easily when you're shipping yourself fucking narcotics across the country that somebody yeah. finds it or whatever. Not to mention that you could ship anything. And it just not get there. You know, yeah. maybe it wasn't that it was drugs. Maybe it got lost in the mail or some baggage handler dropped it or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, so they get to Philly and they uh, they don't get their, their drugs. And Jerry didn't like doing radio interviews. Uh, but he like he's like, he tells the press manager, schedule a radio interview. Cause Wait, he's, uh, hold on one second. Have you been blowing your nose into a sock? Yeah, I didn't want to get up. <laughs> I didn't want to get up. I noticed Dave had been sneezing and wiping his nose at something, and then I noticed he's holding a sock, a tube sock in his hand. Well, I had it. And this I, is disgusting. Okay. So I didn't want to break up the show. All right, so he doesn't want to do radio interviews. And Are you judging me? Because you've never used a sock to blow your nose in? I've used it for other things. Have you ever had allergies where you sneeze and you can't stop sneezing? It's right over your head, wasn't it? No, um, I, I'm not going to entertain this. Uh, yeah, I've had it. I've had a. I have really bad allergies. I take Claritin every day. You do? Mm-hmm. Does it work? Not really. So what it do you think? <laughs> it makes it like a little bit better. Um, every once in a while, I'll get them so bad that like I literally will spend like a day or not even a day, like three or four hours, just sneezing back to back to back to back, and then I'm allergic to cats, dogs, all that shit too. Do you think Benadryl works or it just puts you to sleep so you can't sneeze? Benadryl is the only thing I've found that definitely works, but it might be what you're talking about. Definitely. Yeah. I take Benadryl in 10 minutes. I'm out cold. Yeah. I used to take, like, when I first got sober, I'd take, like, three to four Benadryls every night to go to sleep. And then I realized I didn't even fucking need it. I just was, like, lazy and didn't even want to try sleeping. So I just would, like, knock myself out with increasingly large doses. Started with one, but if you take it every day... Need more and more. Now one Benadryl and I'm out. I'm a lightweight. Oh yeah. I mean, but that's funny. But that's what that's what being an addict is all about. It's funny because uh, I was talking to my sister about the show, and she said it. She likes it a lot. Uh, Dave met my sister today, by the way, at his place of work, and she's awesome. Yeah, and and the funny thing was, she was talking about the show's very ADD, and I just realized we're all over the place. We were talking Jerry, but that's why son. that's that's <laughs> the strength of the show. Because I'll tell you, and it's also why I interrupt. Because what it is is the show has no life and then we have a tangent and then you remember something that is cool that you think about the tangent and that becomes the story and it has life. We have to go where the life is in us. Go what you're excited about kind of. Wherever there is – yeah, excitement, yeah. life, whatever you want to call it. That's the, what makes the show good. I mean yeah. this is not Dopey the Podcast about Dopey the Podcast but that's what makes Dopey the Podcast good. Okay. It's, it's life. So Jerry Garcia is in Philly, and uh, he's going to. He doesn't gonna, want to do a radio show. He didn't like doing press, but he ran out of dope. Mm-hmm. So he was thinking, "I bet if I go on the radio, I could get dope." Why? So the radio announcer is like, "Hey, I'm here with Jerry Garcia from the Grateful Dead, and uh, Jerry, how you doing?" And he's like, "He's like, yeah, man, I'm doing good, but uh, you think any of you fans want to come down to the station?" For Garcia, and he's like, "What he's do you like mean?" Trying to drop yeah. hands. and Jerry's like, "I don't know. Anybody out there want to come down to the station to see me?" No way. Just trying to. But how do people know it's for dope? Well, they yeah. didn't. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was the story. He just kept saying it. 
would you come down? Because he was saying down. So bring me downers to oh. the station. Oh. Bring me something so I can come down from my sickness. Mm. You know? And in the end, he got like lewds. And he got like he got all this shit. People actually showed up. A, a shitload of people. For drugs. Because he said come down to yeah. see Garcia. <laughs> oh, my God. That's pretty funny, dude. And then what? Years later, he like revealed that in a different interview or something? I think I read How it with one up. of his press agents. I've read a million books really? about, about Jerry and his drug addiction. Is he one of your favorites? Who's your all-time musical hero? I don't have one. I mean, I uh, if I had to pick a musician who's like my... If you had to pick a musician to be reincarnated if they're dead, let's say. Let's say it's a dead musician. Just sit on this couch and you can play him some new music. Just shoot the shit with him for an hour. Who would it be? John Lennon. Yeah? Yeah. Nice. You didn't even think about it. Huh? No, John... I mean, like, listen. I like a lot of music. Like, I like a lot of music. But I love John Lennon, you know? I... I, I, He's so fun. You know, you read read interviews with him. Listen to him. He did Imagine, right? Yeah. He was in the Beatles. (laughs) Yeah. Um, He was a heroin addict, too. Was he? Yeah. He would He got into Transcendental Meditation, right? That was more George Harrison, right? Didn't George Harrison run with it? Didn't they all get into it, but, like, George was the only one that ran with it? Well, they they all got into it. George really got into it. And then Paul and Ringo wound up getting into it later. But they all they all went down. Who was married to Sukiyuki? Don't make stupid jokes. But who was married to her? To who? Suki. <laughs> I honestly, I swear to God, I don't know her name. I know it's something like that. Yoko. Yoko. Yeah. Yoko Ono. Do you, who was who, yeah? Who was married to Yoko Ono? John Lennon. Yeah. What, what is this? They were this? shot outside of some place in New York. Yeah. And there's the guy who shot him shook his hand an hour before. Yeah. So why know, did you I act know, like so you so didn't? No, know I, I read about them. I, I just don't care. I'm not like a big Beatles fan. I like the Beatles, obviously. Who doesn't like the Beatles? And I read their whole Wikipedia page once, and that's the extent of my knowledge. I haven't read books on it. Anyways, John continue. used to. John used to. Uh, well, no, I'm just going to say this because this is not a shit, you know. But John used to, um, you know, those things where people like uh, crush like uh, mortal the little bowls. Yeah, he used to get like research chemicals and speed and acid and dump it in and crush it up. And people crush still up. use those and, for a pill crush. And like, he'd be like. <laughs> dipping his finger in all day, really eating like psychedelics by the by the by the dozen. John Lennon, yeah. But um, then here's here's a classic Beatle psychedelic story that I like. That um, and and I don't know. Well, I'll just tell the story and then we'll move on. But um, there was a, a big concert in 1967 called the Monterey Pop Festival, and it was like the first or one of the first huge international pop festivals. And Jimi Hendrix played. And the Grateful Dead played, and the Who played, and Janis Joplin played, and whatever. And the Beatles weren't touring. They were, like, too big, and they didn't want to play live anywhere and whatever. But Paul really wanted to get the acid from San Francisco from this chemist called Owsley, who made, like, the best acid okay. of the time. So um, he has this plan that he's going to send all of this uh, camera gear to Monterey to shoot the show. But he's not really going to have a crew shoot the show. Instead, when the camera gear gets to um, Monterey, (laughs) Owsley fucking dumps all these liquid vials of acid into the lenses of the camera and just ships it back. And and Paul was rolling in acid. Really? They they had tons of acid from this. That was their big plan. And Paul McCartney came out and said that... uh, you know, he was the first of all of that stuff to say, yeah, he did LSD. Yeah. And it was a big, big issue. Yeah. Yeah. But isn't that fucking crazy? It is crazy. And it's funny, too. It's funny. Both those stories were good. Any more rock and roll stories? I have a million of them. Are you kidding me? But you don't know enough about rock and roll to make it really worth my I while. mean, I read Scar Tissue. And what, what, did, you get, <laughs> what did you get from that? I All I remember is that it ended weak. I remember actually reading that... Anthony Kiedis lost his virginity because he told his dad that he was attracted to his dad's, like, girlfriend, and his dad, like, pulled his girlfriend aside and was like, basically, go sleep with my son when he was, like, 12 or 13, and she did, and then from then on, he'd always be like, 
God, I think your girlfriend's really cute. And he would never do it again. It was just that first time. I read I read Scar Tissue at Mountainside. Uh, while I read it at my first rehab. While while we did that, um, the needles oh, acupuncture. Acupuncture. I never got Joe. anything out of that acupuncture. Remember the acupuncture? It's Joe. Yeah, I keep in touch with him. Yeah, he's, was he a weirdo? Yeah. Uh, no, he's an interesting fellow. He actually uh, is a really competitive, good skateboarder. I could see that. Yeah. Um, any other rock and roll stories? Uh, let's think. Classic rock. How about and your roll? band? Anything interesting happen with your band ever? Um, anything interesting happen with my band ever? No. No, my band. Can I tell the story from that your one of your band members said? Yeah, with the camera. Yeah. Um, so I met Dave's band the other day. I came and they were uh, rehearsing in his apartment, and I met one of his band members. Is it Dave? John. Oh, John. And uh, he was telling me he was in like sort of like something kind of like a psych ward, um, but it was like housing, like longer term housing for people that had like some sort of mental issues. And he lived with this guy that uh, was pretty, like, out there. And uh, after, like, a year... I'm probably going to butcher the story, but I'll get the gist of it. After, like, a year, he decided, like, he had to move out. And, like, when he said he was moving out, the people were like, God, like, I can't believe you lasted that long. Everybody else only lasted a couple days with that guy. And he was saying it was probably because he was so nice. But I guess the guy was so fucking crazy that... Um, what was his name? Joe? John. John. John, um, when he would leave his room he'd constantly record the guy. So every time he left his room, he'd just record their interactions so the guy couldn't do anything weird. (laughs) It's actually, like, brilliant in its own way. It's, like, crazy defense. (laughs) Yeah. It's, like, everybody should carry around a camera so they can... I thought that was, like, one of the better things I've heard in the last few months. I was like, that's brilliant. But, but... Like, you can't make that shit up. It's just, like, hilarious. Like, what a great solution to a problem. No, but that story goes crazy because the guy... I should call John just to have him tell the story because the guy, like, something happened. Will with he the be t- all right? Will he be talking? With the toilet seat. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, pause it. Pause it? Yeah. All right, hold on. We're pausing it for a second. John didn't answer the phone. So yeah, that story, that story sucks, Chris. I don't even know why you brought it up. Oh, but I do have a funny band, weird band story. Are you reading a book right now? I was looking for other stories. This is Waiting for the Man, the Story of Drugs and Popular Music. But I have another... Uh, so you were looking for stories to tell on Dopey, reading a book while we had it on pause? I just figured I'd peruse it and see if we could find <laughs> a funny story really quick. But um, when I was in college, me and John were in the same band, and uh, we would all take acid. In fact, uh, one of the shows we played, we, we called it the, uh, the Mad Acid Fest. And we had a big party at this guy's house, and a lot of people went... And uh, the idea was to have a lot of acid, but we didn't have a lot of acid. We had a little acid. And we took the acid. And then um, the bass player... So there were people who weren't tripping there? Most everybody wasn't tripping. Oh. But the band was tripping. And we just called... We had like just watched Woodstock and yeah, The yeah. History of the Grateful Dead. And you were 18. Yeah. yeah. We, we called it the Mad Acid Fest. Yeah. And... Um, but the bass player took a lot of acid and had one of these acid schizoid moments... And uh, stacked a pyramid of chairs and climbed to the top of the chairs and said that he was Zeus combined with Jimi Hendrix and he had all of the answers. That's funny. Yeah. That's pretty good. Then another funny story that happened years later was uh, Jake, the bass player, had this job at a... He he did graphics for a little entertainment company in Connecticut. And every year they would have... like a Christmas party. And I remember I would go to this Christmas party just to get as fucked up as possible. Mm. Like I would drink at these parties and I would bring heroin and we would bring ecstasy and Coke and we would do, we just do drugs. Okay. Wall to wall. And, uh, and I loved it because it was like these rich people. We were, you know, kids, we were in our early twenties and, uh, it would be like mostly like rich people from Connecticut, like, sort of upper-middle-class family types who are, like, drink and have fun. And I was just like, we're going to get fucked up (laughs) and ruin their party. And we would get fucked up. And um, I remember, like, 
we're at the party and I'm just ste- I like going through their medicine chest and taking pills and then like then like we would just walk around the party stealing stuff like we each took a bottle of vodka and then there was a a table just covered with fried chicken and we all we just took the fried chicken and we shoved it in our pockets and then like someone was like let's get out of here and we'd get to our friend's house and we'd be like let's see what we got and somebody would pull out a bottle of vodka and then I'd be like fried all chicken all I got is this chicken they're just sitting in your lint in your pocket it's disgusting remind you you see the movie Trading Places of course you remember when Dan Aykroyd puts the fucking locks in his Santa suit and then pulls it out on the subway eating it one of my favorite scenes ever in a movie Oh, it's great. It's so good. That's us. Yeah, that's that was me when I drank. Just yeah. totally yeah. yeah. That's us. <laughs> you know, like like also that movie is just so great because like they bust him. Like I didn't know anything about drugs when yeah. I saw that movie. I was eleven. All the, all the shit he plants it. And yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. Yeah, but he's like, he's like, uh, I he was like, you were a heroin dealer, and he goes, no, I was selling. Angel dust, penicyclidine. <laughs> yeah, and I, and he wasn't yeah, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I do remember that. So like, I got that in my head. Like, and, and I remember before that was actually. I remember what I thought of Angel Dust was based off of that movie. Where he's like, you know what this does to kids, man? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> For years, because I saw that when I was a little fucking kid. Yeah, yeah. That's God, a, that movie was fucking great. It's a classic movie. That was back when Dan Aykroyd was good. The only ones from that crew, I mean, Chevy Chase kind of lost it. He wasn't Dan in Aykroyd kind of. No, I'm saying of that crew. But Chevy Chase is a casualty of pills. Oh yeah, he's yeah, he's active. What's the story there? I think he struggles with alcoholism currently. I mean, I might be wrong, and I don't want to put that out there if it's not true. But, um, but I mean, of that original crew, like the Dan Aykroyd, Chevy Chase, the only one that I really consistently still like is Bill Murray. Well, do you think Bill Murray's an alcoholic? I don't think so. No, not that I would have heard it. I feel like he's amazing. He's still he, he he aged with like his his humor aged with him. Like Chevy Chase, I feel like he tries to be Chevy Chase of when he was thirty five years old, and it just doesn't work because he's fucking seventy. You know what I mean? Yeah, Dan Aykroyd. Uh, I don't know. I haven't seen a, a, a good movie with Dan Aykroyd. He's since. bigger. He's a lot heavier now. But I haven't seen him good in a movie forever. I can't even. Two tell wild you. and crazy guys. Come on, man. That wasn't that? a movie. No, but I'm just saying, like those skits back in the day. It's fucked up because I'm such a Dan Aykroyd Were you a fan. Saturday Night Live guy, like, when it was airing? Um, like, like I'm, of course, still. But, I mean, like, did you watch it when you were growing up, like, on Saturday night? I would go to bed early. Yeah. You know, but I liked, I, I would watch, like, the best of Eddie Murphy Saturday Night Live. Oh, like, my God. Tapes. Wooken Penub. Oh, yeah, that's so good. <laughs> but, um, but I'm, I feel like this connection to Dan Aykroyd, because... Like, I'm so connected to the Blues Brothers. I'm so connected to Trading Places. I'm so connected to Ghostbusters. Like, Ghostbusters 2, even. But then, like, I don't... I can't think of a movie that was good that he... I I like Spies Like Us. Spies Like Us was great. But I can't think of a movie after that that he did that was good. But I still don't say Dan Aykroyd sucks. You know, I don't say that. He has he he started selling vodka. He has his own vodka brand. Does he really? Yeah, this big time vodka brand. Potatoes? I don't know. No. But uh, he has a crystal skull on the top of the vodka. This very expensive vodka company. Really? Yeah, it's interesting, right? It is interesting. What's he call it? I don't remember. And that that horrible Blues Brothers two thousand, which is like I didn't even watch that. Did you see the Blues Brothers? Yeah, like fifty times. Okay. I own the sound. I bought the soundtrack and listened to that on my. CD player with three seconds skip protection. Nice. Remember skip protection? Never worked. Uh, it didn't. The ones once you got to like forty seconds, they worked a little bit. What is? How does it work anyway? It reads ahead and then stores it in the memory for a second. So if it skips, it gives it like has a little bit of like memory to play it until it catches up. I think it's funny that you you understood it, I just would be like, this is bullshit, man. <laughs> Skip protected. You know, my CDs were fucked up. Oh my god, I still have a bunch of CDs, dude. Remember CDRs and CD rewrites? Did you I get into that yeah, shit? Yeah, I was into it. I, I, I mean, thousands. I still have them, like, laying around, you know, all over the place. You want to hear something kind of funny? What? This dude wrote into the show, but he texted me today. Yeah. A friend of mine. And he was like, 
I love your music, man. Can you burn me a CD? <laughs> and I'm like, no, I can't. <laughs> burn. <laughs> I don't even have a CD player. Yeah, on my I was like, I can email you the songs if you'd like. Yeah. You know, and th- but that was nice. You know, I'm happy that he likes the songs. It's fucking cool. But um, it's just funny that I can't burn him a CD. I find it funny that we got a uh, a message on Instagram. Did you read that? Which? The guy was asking if Karen was hot. No, I didn't see that. You didn't see it? Should no. I read it? Yeah. All right, hold on. Um, when did they write it? They wrote it like a week ago, maybe? All right, this dude said uh, his name's Slank Funk. Slank yeah. Funk? How could I not have seen this? He said, Dudes at Dopey, just recently discovered your podcast. Thank God. Hands down the best one I've ever heard. I am a screen printer and wear headphones all day at work. Are you serious? How could I never? Is this a real email? Yeah. Holy shit! All right, so maybe a screen printer he can make us T-shirts. Is that what that is? Yeah. Oh. Uh, hands down, the best. Did one you ever. write back? Yeah. What'd you write back? All right. I, he said, "I am a screen printer and wear headphones all day at work, and sometimes just can't stand music and need people talking. Most time, I'm in a TED Talk or a Chicks podcast to hear slutty." Stories. This is the best email we've ever gotten. I'm sorry, Dopey Nation, but I he, love this. He actually said, okay, I'm in a TED Talk or Chicks podcast to hear slurry stories. Slurry, comma, slutty. Same thing. Anyway. Slurry, have you ever heard that before? No, I think he typoed. Or and then he made a joke? Yeah. Nice. Um, anyway, typed in drug. Who's a slank funk? Slank funk. This guy's great. Anyway, typed in drugs as a search and you were the first thing to come up. First thing? <laughs> Aren't we the seventh thing? Yeah. Maybe he's using something else. First episode I listened to was the one with the dude who stole the Vicodin. Fucking awesome. The format doesn't need to change. If you change that, I'll feel like it'll lose the genuine comforting just talking with the homies vibe, which is why I stayed. But what the hell do I know about podcasts? (laughs) What do I know? (laughs) I've listened to like five or so far going backwards. Can't wait until I get to number one. Also, is Karen hot? Really need to know. <laughs> thanks. Thank your most recent fan. I said, haha, thanks, man. Just got this. Yes, Karen is hot. That's what you wrote back? And then I said, also, if you're using iTunes or the podcast app, could you drop us a review? It takes two seconds and it's supposed to be helpful for rankings or something. Do you think he wrote a review? No, I don't think so. No. Since he saw it, though. I'm going to just tell him, oh, uh, well, he's not even, I'll tell him when we put this up. This isn't going up forever. But why don't you tell him right now? Hey, man. What's up? What's up, Slank Funk? <laughs> what's up, Slank Funk? What does that mean? Slank Funk. Well, I know slank what Funk, funk is. J785. Dude, Slank Funk J. That's that's a great email. Slank Funk J. That's a real, a real, I like that email. It's a swanky name, too. There's just something I like about that email. I like slang. But I, I have something important to say. I never actually looked at his picture or his page or whatever. Why didn't you? Because I'm useless. Let's see. Oh, oh I should follow him. Yeah. Um, the really fucked up thing is that I run the Instagram account and I yeah, didn't see I it. But maybe when you saw it, I didn't see it because it was marked as red or something. No, I saw it like two days ago and it was from a long time ago. Anyways, let's talk about something else. No, 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 no. I, this is what I want to talk about. Um, you estimate that we have how many people listening to each episode? 300? 350. That's a high estimate. Okay, I'll read you the download count. No, no, no. They don't need to hear that. But, but what I'm saying is how no, many reviews? The, the last four how down, many reviews last do four, we have? The last four downloads have all been above 350. Except for Vinny's. But that ha- hasn't been out for a week yet. It's been out three days and then it's 290. Amazing. So let's say we have 300 listeners to every episode. 350. How many reviews do we have? We have 28 and about 13 of them. I know who they are. Yeah, so what the fuck is going on, Dopey Nation? We need a rank. You need to appeal to our vanity. What? Dave doesn't no, like it when I call it vanity. It's not vanity. You th- I, is it about vanity or you think it's going to do something? Notice me. What do you think it's going to do? Uh, I think if you get reviews, the folks over there at iTunes will be like, hey, what's going over that line with the Dopey Nation? Now maybe we should put it on the front page. Look at you trying to do a voice. I see why you don't do voices. I can't do voices. Why are you fading out here? I'm not fading. What's sit up. Mean? Just sit up. What, the slouch? This is not a good... 
moments. I feel the whole show is going. Why you want me to sit up? With a, I'm invigorated. This email. Uh, all right, all right, all right. Yes. I did a bar class. Does anybody know what bar class is? With my sister and my mom. So it was it was me and 15 women in Southampton, New York, doing these weird funky ab things and this elastic bands and and I was wearing sweatpants and looked like an idiot. But my abs are fucking killing me. All right. Well, that's yeah. good. Yeah. Um, why do you think is keeping the 300... I'm sorry. I, that, was, that genuinely was an accident. I totally forgot we were recording. Genuinely, you know that. I think you should read Ruth Ann's 80 messages. <laughs> hey, Ruth Ann, if you're listening, what's up? Yeah, we got 90 messages from Ruth Ann on Facebook, literally. Well... But, but some of those were ours. Probably 20 of them were ours. I, no, I'd say 40 of them. I, I wrote back to Ruth Ann constantly. Did you? Yeah. I let you take that over. Ruth Ann is a super podcast fan who thinks we have something to offer the world and she's trying to figure out how to help us grow the brand. Now, what are you doing? Nothing. I'm paying attention. Ruth Ann uh, has these ideas for, for growing the brand. And if anybody else has an idea to grow the brand, we would love that. But forget all that. If there's 350 of you, which I find dubious, um, maybe uh, 200 could write a fucking review is that so much? We're doing this for nothing. Why are you, you angry? I'll just do a call <laughs> to action. Angry. You're not angry. You got a smile on your face. It's anyways. a call to action. I, I always have a smile on my face, don't I? <laughs> you do, most of the time. It's a call Except to action. Except when nobody's <laughs> what? looking. What do you mean? <laughs> when nobody's looking, you have a scowl. I do? No, sometimes. What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know. What's, what's going on? <laughs> oh, no. I told you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chris. I told you, you should we shouldn't do a third one. <laughs> uh, his hair is all standing up. He's getting into this maniacal I'm sweating. Laughter. I just feel beads of He's sweat all sweating. over. He's sweating. He's vaping. He didn't put on his pajamas. No, that's, that's, that's what's going on here. I my lost pa- my mojo because I'm not in my pajamas. I'm I usually sh- put them on right away. I'm shocked that you didn't make fun of me when Danny from House of Pain was here and I put on the pajamas for him. I know. <sighs> I was like, fuck it, man. Yeah. Jump around. Jump around. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, pack it up, pack so it in. What are, we, t- what are we talking about I here? came to win. Battle me. That's a sin. Mm. Um, I still like Jump Around, I have to say. It's great. It's a good song. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. I was Tell them to write reviews. Write reviews. And aren't we, let's give, should we give shout-outs to our listeners? Or they we already did that last time. We'll do it later. Well, thank you, everybody who, who listens uh, religiously, religiously. Um, oh, yeah, and Cormac. We know a guy who's looking for uh, a drum. We have a guy. drummer. I, we just couldn't hear the stupid song. Oh, yeah, yeah, we got to play it. Yeah. But if anyone knows how to play drums, email us. A, a member of the Dopey Nation needs help in producing a track. And so if you have experience playing drums or producing them electronically, laying it down, what do you call it? Fucking with the ones and zeros or something? What are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> what were you saying? Remember when DJ was on? Messing with the ones and zeros or something? No, cutting it up on the ones and twos. The ones and twos. <laughs> the ones and zeros would be like for the computer, like laying code for beats. I don't think that's how it works. But anyways, if anybody's out there and knows all that stuff that we're talking about, that be- I have somebody to do it. John, John do it. Cormac John can do help, it. Dude. I need to hear the song. Dead. Fucking Chris is certain that when we actually download Cormac's track, it'll be a computer virus. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't want to open up a computer now. That uh, would be funny if it was. It'd be funny if I was right. Huh? It'd be funny if I was right. It wouldn't be. It would, yeah. I don't think it is. But I think that, I, I really don't think it is, but I'm like 95% sure it's not. There's still that 5%. <laughs> Cormac is the guy who, who's into research drugs. Yeah. The ListGate guy. ListServe guy. ListServe guy, yeah. Um, now, um, you, uh, do you have a story? I got one. You want to? Yeah, wanna, tell a story. Wait, what was the other one on here? Secret Santa, tell that one. No, no, I want to I'm always this. telling stories. I've been right. talking this whole fucking episode, man. Okay, I think right. you need something to all wake right. your ass up. All right, all right, all right. So I was, this is another Caribbean story. I just told one in the last episode. Well, I'll tell you another one. And this I isn't think, by really the way, great. I mean, you I really think, have to do a lot of prodding here. Listen, you go to Anguilla. I call it Anguilla. Some right. people call it Anguilla. Okay, but what do Anguillans call it? Some call it Anguilla, some say Anguilla, for real. There isn't like a stigma against. People who say Anguilla because it doesn't sound right. My, to me. my parents have been going down there for twenty years. My mom lives there four months out of the year. Do they own they, any? They call Anguillans? it Anguilla. They call it Anguilla. 
Did they own and what does that even mean? Wow. <laughs> you really turned that around. Turn that, yeah. You really turned that around nicely. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The, the, okay, I'm not going to go into that. But um, so please. Go into what? My joke about slavery and rich people <laughs> yes, yes, and that yes. your parents are old and they probably were visiting in Gila when there were still slaves and invested in slaves back then. That was what. That oh, was, that was the joke. That was the joke. That was a good one. Thank you. Thank you for thank you for just <laughs> viscerating me in front of the dopey nation. Um. So what are we doing here? Am I telling a story? Yes, the Anguillan cocaine. All story. right. Well, there's a whole bunch of them, but anyways, I was down in Anguilla. It's really not a great story. It was like scary kind of at the time. That could be good. Um. And so I, re- I had been sober for like a year taking Suboxone, doing yoga, and then I, I hurt my ankles, stopped doing – I didn't even hurt them. I got alcoholic polyneuropathy in my ankles from drinking for so long. And they got I got foot drop, which has since improved, but it was bad enough to the point where I couldn't do yoga. So I went down to Anguilla, was sober for about a year, but I hadn't practiced yoga for four months, and I relapsed while I was down there with uh, the woman that I was dating at the time um, who was very naive and hadn't really seen any – substance abuse in her life right um and so i ended up uh getting coke was she an addict no she'd never smoked weed or anything she didn't even drink right um and so i ended up buying coke down there and the coke is like really really good it's like wet always kind of you know what i mean so humid but it's just like really fucking good and i got syringes you can just go ask for them and got it where do you ask for them just go to the pharmacy I got a Valium just for asking down there. I literally went in and I was like, I need some Valium. And like, they were like, oh, do you have a prescription? I'm like, I don't. I'm like, I don't have it on me. And like, they like brought the pharmacist out and they were like, oh, like what, what, what strength do you want? I was like, uh, 10 milligrams. And she's like, okay. She's like, we have boxes of 30. She's like, they're $12. And I was like, $12, huh? <laughs> I was like, I'll take three boxes. <laughs> um, and so I started shooting Coke. And, and it was, you could just go buy you're not supposed to, but they just fucking gave it to me. 36 Valiums for 36 bucks. No. They gave me 90 Valiums. For 36 bucks. 10 milligram Valiums, the blues. It's a good deal. Um, so anyways, I started – You could start a nice industry just going to Anguilla. Bringing it back. Yeah, sending um, it back. And so anyways, I fucking – I started shooting Coke and this Coke was really good. And this is probably the most debaucherous Coke shooting I've ever done or just this the how I was shooting it. I literally just took like – like a gram of Coke, put it in a, in a glass cup and just like took a syringe. What did you say? A glass cup? Is it just a glass? A glass. Yeah. Like a glass glass. Yeah. So I, and I put like a gram of Coke in like a glass glass and it was that straight fire fucking Coke. Gasoline, man. You know what I mean? Yes. And, uh, and I just drew up a syringe, just like a hundred units, like eight times and squirted into the cup. So I just had a cup full of cocaine water. Do you know what I mean? It was like pretty fucking strong. Right. And so I was just, and I, I left the girl at the house and I went over to this abandoned house and was just by myself sitting in the car shooting Coke. Right. And so I start shooting Coke. Right. I, I think, why did I get out? I start shooting Coke and I started getting really jittery. Like I start kind of like convulsing with my arms. If it's like really good and I do too much. And I was like, I got to get up. But like, I always feel like I have to move around or I'm going to die. So I started like moving around and I was like jittering a lot. And for some reason I started having like very strong auditory hallucinations. And what, it's really fucking weird. I don't know why. What I heard was that there was a group of Rastas in the bushes. There was like three or four Rastas and they were watching me and they were afraid I was going to die. But this is weird for a coke hallucination is that I knew they were friendly Rastas and they wanted – they had my best interest at heart. But I was afraid that they were going to call an ambulance and I was going to get in trouble. And I remember like saying out loud like, no, like I'm OK. Like don't worry about it. Like I'm OK. And I was talking to the imaginary Rastas like in the bush trying to convince them that I wasn't going to die from the coke that I was doing because I didn't want them to call an ambulance and I didn't want to get in trouble somehow because they would call an ambulance, right? So I finally get back into my car and I sit down in the car and I'm at this abandoned house down this like dirt road, right? And I sit down in my car and I see out of the corner of my eye a car going around the other side of the house. And I was like, that's the benevolent Rastas that are looking out for me. And I was like, I need to like go get them. 
And so I drove my car to the other side of the house where I just saw them like kind of slowly go by. And as soon as I look, I see them go by the other side of the house. So I speed up and I start fucking going around and around the house. like a big giant donut in my car chasing these Rastas. And every single time I turn the corner of the house, I just see the taillights of their car going by in the other house. And so I'm all fucking hopped up on coke, flooring <laughs> this fucking car, going around and around and around the house. Were your parents in the house? No, I was down there just with the girl. Was this was an abandoned. This was yeah. I was saying there, there. My parents' house, but this was at a abandoned. I was at an abandoned house in a rental car in a different part of the island. And then what happened? And then my girlfriend was back there, and then it ended really poorly. I ended up. Um, Going back to to St. Martin to fly to Boston, so we went. We're flying out of St. Martin to go home, and um, before I got on the plane, I relapsed. Um, then the girl called my parents. My parents bought her a ticket. She flew home by herself. I ended up holing up in. I think I might have said this on dope. I ended up holing up in a motel down there and borrowing drugs, telling all these Rosses I was going to pay them back, and they were giving me drugs. Why were they Rosses Dude, drugs? they were fucking retarded, dude. There's tons of drugs down there. It's like real drug dealers. Oh, they're, Mark, they're Anguilla, not. I mean, they look like, if you saw them, they look like a Do you Rasta. know what a Rasta is? Yes, I know what a Rasta is. The Rasta. 225th Ethiopian emperor, I know what they believe in. But well, real Rastas aren't going to be selling coke. No, but they look like, I just call them Rastas. They look like just Rastas. Dreads, just yeah, they're dreaded out, yeah. Drug dealers. Yeah, and Let's so. Let's not call them Rastas. But they were like, but the funny thing was, they were. Rasta they don't were, work for no CIA. <laughs> and Rasta doesn't sell cocaine. <laughs> Rasta for I is a whole other thing. Let's not, let's not. Throw Rasta. You know what Rasta is? It's the positive resistance to the obvious existence of the persistent tendency to contain, confuse, and abuse the displaced peoples of Western imperialism through bribery, diplomacy, media, science, technology, boundaries, and force. That's what Rasta is. Respect is respect in every aspect. (laughs) There you go. So let's not fucking... (laughs) Say that these coke dealers were Rastas. Yeah, but okay, they Can look like Rastas. They look like Rastas. I'm doing Rastas a disservice by saying it's that. not cool. No, it's not. They're just drug dealers with dreads. Yeah. So, anyways, these drug dealers with dreads yeah. on uh, Saint Martin. You can just call them dreads. The girl goes home, dude. These guys would fucking front me drugs, and I just tell them I'm going to pay them tomorrow, and they would give me cocaine, which is like insane. You know what I mean? So I, I hole up in this fucking motel. And I'm shooting coke and I was there for like a day or two. I knew my girlfriend had left and I'm like, fuck, like I, I, it's just going to end badly. You know, I'm taking all those Valiums too. So I'm like in this Benzo haze and then I do a big shot of coke and it like pulls me out of the Benzo haze and I go back into it. So it's like that whole period of like the day or two were very like hazy. And then there's like a knock on the door and uh, I hear it's Matt and Matt's my brother. And I'm like, what the fuck? And, like, he flew down there and found me, and they had a car. They knew I owed money to all these drug dealers. The manager of the hotel knew what was going on, and he's like, there's all these guys waiting outside for, like, you know, your son. They, like, talk to him who, like, are going to basically cause harm to him because he owes them money. So my brother came. How much money was it? A few hundred bucks, but they were just, like, waiting outside. So my brother fucking came, and then – he had a car waiting outside with a cab driver and they literally, the manager and my brother like ushered me, like ran me out of the court. The door was open to the cab and we just got in the cab and went straight to the airport and just waited for the flight. Were the dreads chasing, chasing you? I didn't even see him. I was so hot. Like, you know, my brother like saved me there. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like in my, in my head, you know, forgive me. I doubt that these drug dealers were going to kill you or anything? No, they were going to do. They were going to go. Where's my money? They were going to get their money from you. Yeah. To, to damage you would really hurt their business. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like you don't want to fucking fuck with some New Englander kid. You know, I mean, it, they would. They, you would have figured out how to give them their money. You know what I'm saying? You're, you are resourceful enough to do that. Dude, that beard was so bad. I remember at night on there once. I, this is when I had a few, a little bit of money left during that relapse. I was drawing up coke to shoot with puddles of water in the street. I was, really? I was literally using like the muddy water in a puddle to draw up. Why didn't you go to, to the bathroom? It. 
I just like couldn't wait. I would get it and I'd be so fucking impulsive. I just want to shoot. I'd like that's go, the real thing. Yeah, that's, that's that's the real thing. The worst was like so. I'd done. I'd use toilet water. I'd drawn up toilet water to mix with well, dope. Flushed toilet water is very. Common. I wouldn't even flush it sometimes. It's like a public in a bar. Why water. wouldn't you flush? Because I just I fucking couldn't. I just couldn't. I literally was so blinded. I just needed to get it in my arms so fast. So I use unflushed public toilet water. I swear to God. I never didn't wouldn't flush. I remember. I just I couldn't even. I just had to get it so fast. The most amazing thing about this is, is that, that I don't have AIDS or have C. That's pretty amazing. Well, that's amazing. But what's also amazing is that you know, and and Chris is going to school to be a therapist. Uh, you could never get someone to stop doing that, no matter what you said to them. There's no stopping somebody. Like, well, there what, is what, no fucking. Every time I started for me to even consider stopping I had to be physically removed and have nothing but you understand what yeah, I'm saying yeah totally like, there was like nothing you they tie me down to a table there's Oof. nothing yeah you could do that but eventually <laughs> they're going to turn their backs on you yeah you know I'm just saying like the compulsion it, was so high it's like it's possession it's so crazy uh, did I ever tell you the story did I tell the story on Dopey where I smuggled drugs into Jamaica no um I hope I did but um I, uh... Is this going to be a lost tape? I don't think so. We'll just I've been sure talking so. about drugs for, for episodes yeah. and episodes. I yeah, mean, I think it's actually good. I've been moderating um, a little bit. So, uh... The one you told, uh, was it this episode or the last one that we had to delete? That was just... I don't know what the fuck you were thinking. What do you mean? Oh. The one we had to... We had to go back and delete something from the last episode that Dave shared, which is just like... As he was saying it, I was just like, why is he even saying this? Because you laughed have really to, hard. It was, it was really good. Fun. It was a great story it that would have been really great funny. for the Dopey Nation, but Dave has to pump the brakes... Because he's yeah. a father. Yeah. Oh, but I'm, you know, that makes me feel guilty about saying anything. Like, if you had a kid, would you tell any of these stories? Yeah. Okay. It's an affliction. This is affliction stuff. I mean, this, some of the other stuff was like... I was, uh, I was working for that same television company. And, like, I was, like, a golden child there. Like, they thought I was so fucking funny and talented. It was a nice change of pace considering my life since then. <laughs> <clears throat> and uh, they were, you know, a college cable network. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, one of their biggest sponsors was a travel company that would send kids to spring break destinations. And somehow they they got money or they, they got a trip to send a couple people that worked at the network to Jamaica. Yeah. And they knew how much I loved reggae music and stuff. Yeah. And like Rastafari and weed and like just Jamaican culture. Like I've always been into it. And, uh, and they liked me and they were like, so they sent me and Brad, our producer to Jamaica and they didn't know that I was junkie. Um, and, uh, and I didn't know what kind of drugs you could or you couldn't get in Jamaica. And I wasn't going to go anywhere without a lot of dope. So before we, we have the trip, I'm like kind of freaking out. I would freak out before every trip because it was like, how much heroin will I need on a trip? You know what I mean? The answer is it's more yeah. than I'm bringing. Yes, always more. There's never going to be. A you sh- can bring out the, like the right amount and it will always be gone in half the time. Well, yeah. So, so I bring out, I bring out like seven bundles. Wait, for how long is this? A week. <laughs> yeah. A bundle a day should do it. It should have. It should do it. Maybe I brought six bundles for seven days. Yeah. That was probably really the story. If you were smart, you could make like probably two bundles and you'd be fine. But you never can be smart with it. Smart. It's impossible. It's like a joke. Yeah, I know. It's an oxymoron. It's like so so <laughs> okay, I so you I bring like, all this so shit. So I have all it. this money and I bought and I like make some deal and I'm like and I get a good deal on well, how did you pack it? Did you pack it? No, it was fucking pre nine eleven. I just put it in my pocket. I had six bundles of, of heroin in my jeans pocket. Yeah. And I and I walked through. Yeah. No muss, no fu- I was like, I don't want to put it in my bag. Yeah. Because if they x-ray it, they're going to see bundles of heroin. Yeah. You know, they're not going to x-ray me. Yeah. We're going to Jamaica. It's 1999. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, they're not looking for fucking heroin. I mean, maybe they are. Yeah. I, I didn't even think about it. Yeah. I was just like, if I put it in my pocket, I always flew with weed in my pocket or pills. I was like, what's, you know, it's paper and powder in, a, in my pocket. It's yeah. like money. It's yeah. like, I don't know, it's dumb. Yeah. But in my head, it was way no, safer than putting it anywhere else. Yeah. Because, like, because 
Also, yeah, and they search your bag. They almost—I don't think I've ever had someone ever. I bet the customers be like, "Empty your pockets." Now they do. Yeah, they say empty your metal. They don't really tell you. Now I anything. just got searched recently. Empty everything. Everything. Oh, really? But that's post nine one one. It's a whole different thing. Yeah, I brought shit back uh, through customs after nine eleven. Well, but yeah, anyways, anyway, so I bring all this heroin to Jamaica, and uh, and like we started in I think in Kingston in some like motel and like we're going to like markets and I would walk down the street and I'd be high on heroin but like I'm just like walking around and I would be chased uh, by drug dealers trying to sell me drugs and they'd all be selling coke and weed and I yeah, had I had weed. The Caribbean was easier to score than any place I've seen. Anyway. Easier than Skid Row in LA. But I didn't like coke. I wasn't yeah. going to buy coke. Brad actually, I think, bought coke. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't shooting then. I was just snorting Yeah, coke. it's all powder. It's not even rock. It's just they sell a lot of powder coke yeah. to tours. Um, and uh, so I passed on everything. The weed they had was atrocious. I had much. I brought better bud yeah. than me. I was just like, whatever. And uh, it's atrocious. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and <laughs> the weed was atrocious. It was. I was a real pot snob, and I was like, no, I'm not buying that. Like, how come nobody has nice bud in Jamaica, man? Anyway. So so you got all sorts of detritus in that atrocious weed. (laughs) I'm not buying your skunkweed, Ross. (laughs) Sorry, Dread. All right, so what happened? Um, Anyway, so 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 it was was scary to be chased by drug dealers. And, and them just trying to sell you. I felt like I was the Pied Piper, and there were these mice, you know, following yeah. me. You know, it was crazy. And then we, like, eventually we got to a resort, like a gated, fenced-in yeah. resort. And every day uh, I would get super high on heroin, and I would just sit at the bar, and I'd watch Irie TV, which yeah. was, like, dance hall TV, and I love dance hall. And I was like, this, I would be drinking, I'd be drinking pineapple juice, orange I'd be like, let me get an orange pineapple juice. And I'd be high on heroin. They're like, you want alcohol? I was like, nah. I was like, just give me the juice. Yeah. And I I would just sit there at the bar and Brad would be like, do you want to do anything? I was like, I am doing something. (laughs) But then, like, I went, I I just did it all. I I did all the heroin. Yeah. And and it was like two days. Or maybe I, I, I did like five and a half bundles and I had five bags left for the last two days. Yeah. And I'm just making sure I'm not sick. Yeah. And then the day before, and, and I'm nervous, you know what I mean? So I'm like, and there's drug dealers. So I'm like, listen, man, um, do you have any dope? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, man, come back. But of course the dope was Coke. Yeah. And I was like, no, no, no. I was like, I don't want Coke. I need heroin. I'm going to get sick. What do they say? Like, yeah, you know, because they want the business, yeah. but they never could get it. Yeah. They never got it. Yeah. And then, um, and then like, they had pills, like, yeah. and I bought, like, a mess of pills, yeah. you know, of Valium, and I'm getting sick, so I just start eating yeah. the Valium. And me and Brad go on this booze cruise, yeah. and Brad is, like, having fun drinking, <laughs> and I just, like, took a handful of Valium, and I'm just passed out on the tarp, and we're with... Understand, we're with student journalists <laughs> who are being paid to write about this experience. And we were supposed to shoot video about the experience. We did nothing. Nothing. I just did heroin until I got sick. And then I did Valium sick. And then we flew home. And uh, I'm sick as shit on the plane. Yeah. I mean, fucking, it's the end. Yeah. And I'm in full-on withdrawal. In like, I, I, just, <laughs> I just made it. And I, I'm tall. And my knees are up against the seat, and I'm sick, you know, bad. And I'm like, I think I did tell the story, but maybe it was one of the deleted stories. You don't remember it, though? No, I remember. So I sneak into first class, and uh, the stewardess is like, sir, you belong in coach. And I was like, I'm sick. And they were like, you got to go back to coach. And I was like, okay. And I went back to coach, and I'm just sitting there staring at first class, like, <laughs> so mad and so sick. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, oh, my. And I and I, and then I find myself <laughs> going back up to first class. And I'm like, I have a blanket. I'm, like, yeah. looking out the window, like, so yeah. they don't think that I'm there. Yeah. And they're like, sir. Like, if I don't look at them, it's fine. Yeah, I'm not here if they don't see me looking at them. <laughs> and, I'm like, and then they're like, sir, go back to coach. And I was like, okay. 
but I'm really sick. And then I, I do it again. I'm like, fuck it. I'm like, fuck you. And I go back to first class and I'm like, sir, I was like, listen, lady, I'm sick. Nobody's sitting here. Let me just sit here by myself, sick. I'm sick. I'm yeah. ill. What did she Leave say? Leave me alone. She said, okay. No way, really? Yeah, yeah that was it. And then, um, and then we land and I had one of those fucking flip phones and I call my dealer and I was like, meet me at my apartment. And I like grabbed my shit off the plane. So I like punched Brad. I was like, goodbye. <laughs> I ran out of the airport. I got in a cab and the fucking dealer was waiting for me when I got back. Yeah. Horrible. That's horrible. Horrible. And we'll end on that horrible note. But I have to say, um, as great as it was to feel like, I remember when I had dope in my pocket, it was like I had a secret on me that could solve every problem. That's what it felt like when I had drugs. No matter what it was, if I had pills, if I had weed, I was like, I have a secret in my pocket yeah. that's going to take care of everything. Yeah. You know, and like, and like when I also, also what I would talk about, like that feeling of knowing that you're going to get well. Yeah. Or that instant that you like to talk about where you're, where you, drugs haven't kicked in, but you're so happy that so, they're yeah. going to. Yeah. It, it, and this sounds well. Well, it's because we want to be God. That's us ultimately being like, I can control the way I feel and operate in the universe. Right. And it's like, we need to become God reliant instead of being reliant on fucking pills and powders and liquids. Well, that's fine. But I, I have to say that like, to have not that worry is so much better than any of that. Like it feels, I feel, I feel so free. Yeah. You know, and so safe. Like sometimes I get worried. I don't check my mail. What do you mail. attribute that to? Sobriety. And what do you attribute your sobriety to? I don't want to go on a whole God thing. Doesn't have to be God. I mean, it's, well, you're, is well, it you? Listen, I don't. I, I I do not want to turn this into some pulpit dopey God thing. Yeah. Uh, my higher, higher, my higher. I you know. Doesn't have to be God. I'm saying God's charged word. It can be anything. You know? I, I don't want to. I don't want to have this be a God a God cast. Yeah. You think I'm the first person who ever said God cast? On episode 37, we can mention it for a minute. You know, if it's something that I like, you know, I find that it's what keeps me. What somewhere. about the phrase God cast? That's not bad. Or Gotti. What? Gotti. What's that? G O D Y instead of Dopey. No, but a Godcast instead of a podcast? Do you think people who do religious podcasts call it the Godcast? I don't know, but we got to figure out how to beat uh, Sermon Radio on drugs. Fuck the, that. What about Share? The Mormon podcast. There's a million well, we well, Share's be. doing good stuff, and uh, that sober guy. What about the Mormon podcast? Dude, I haven't you, listened to it. I can't knock it until I listen to it. You really think Share and that's – you're happy about know. it? I haven't listened to them. Isn't Share just Share singing the old hits? I got you, babe. Whatever. <laughs> uh, no, God. I don't. I don't want to. I mean, listen. I, I. I. Me and God have a have a have a situation that's working out for both of us. Nice. How's that? I'm glad it's working out for him, her, it. As me, well. me. What is it, it, it? We come to an agreement. So, <laughs> we come to an agreement. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> All okay. right. Well, that's good. I think this is a good episode. You do? Yeah. Why? I don't know. I like the Jamaica story. I love the Jamaica story. You did? Yeah. Why? I don't know. I just paid attention mostly. Well, I can tell it's a good story if I pay attention. You know what I like? Sometimes you're talking and I'm not really listening to you. And vice versa. I see it in you sometimes. You're better about it than I am. What do you mean? About paying attention. Well, I'm like a, a, a good host. Yeah, I know that in order to host the show, I need to pay attention. Yeah, which would be really that's why that's why you're not Wayne. I think it was the orange juice. You think that did it in? That's what it was. No, I, no, no, it helped me. It did. It perked me up in the minute. In the end, I think that this was the funniest thing. Was uh, what was what did we laugh about? You laughed about something hysterically. Oh, there was something. Well, the sock was pretty funny. No, there was something <laughs> that really cracked you up. Oh, oh, the atrocious week. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's something else. Um, yeah. But um, listen, I want to. I want to thank the Dopey Nation and leave us a review, please. Yeah, why not? <laughs> why not? Yeah, it just take takes a, a second. Yeah, just Tell them how to do it. Boom! Uh, you go to the podcast app, or you go to iTunes. Uh, search for Dopey if you already subscribed, because it's hard to find if you already subscribed. Once you search for Dopey, click on the podcast, click on ratings and reviews, click write a review, enter your iTunes thing, and then just write whatever. 
What Pick you, a weird name, nickname, or blocks you or something, people say. What are you doing tomorrow? Uh, tomorrow, I have to do a call for work, potentially. What time? Uh, at some point during the day. It isn't set up yet. You should sleep over. No. Come with me I'm to gonna, the meeting in the I'm going to head back. You can see Ray. Because i got to do a bunch of shit. You can see Ray in the morning. No, pass her my regards. Regards? Send her my regards. Will do. All right, guys. You going to say goodnight? Uh, Dopey Nation, stay strong, write a review, share with your friends, join us on the Facebook dumb shit, fucking like our stupid fucking Instagram, like, I want this thing to be bigger than it is. What happened to fucking CJ, Chris, who has a marketing plan to save the podcast, we haven't heard it from him again. Yeah. Chris? Hmm. Oh, toodles. Yeah, hi, Chris. No, no, no. Tell Chris to do something. Chris, do something. Do something, man. Do something. Yeah. All right. All right, guys. It's been a pleasure. Good night. Later. Toodles. 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 Let your freak freak flag fly. Toodles. Let your freak flag fly. Good night. I want to take a walk around the world. I wonder would it do me any good. Until I get some money in my pocket, then I guess I'll just have to walk around my neighborhood. But I wanna be good so bad. Wanna be so good, so bad, so bad. I wanna be good so bad. Bad desires all I ever had. And I wanna take a ride up in the sky. Watch this aeroplane just pass me by And I want to see a Lear jetliner take a dive Just to show all of these people what it means to be alive But I want to be good so bad Want to be so good, so bad, so bad I want to be good so bad Bad desire's all I ever had